Blog Talk Radio. been able to sneak some fun in there and tonight we have a very fun light conversation tonight with a really important guest host at least important to me but first we got some business to take care of and let me introduce my sexy witches my regular co-host in the pacific northwest where it always rains even when the sun is out there's a reason why i'm saying that please welcome to the show the enchantress of nevermore Raven Jasper Hawk. How you doing? Welcome back to Sexy Witches. Howdy, howdy, fully vaccinated witches. Hello, yay, fully vaccinated witches. Um, everyone on the panel but, but the um, guest has been vaccinated. Nice. <laughs> so we are Getting all there. safe, sexy witches. We're safe and sexy. So, you know, there we go. Maybe that'll help us uh, with the sexy part somewhat. All right, hold tight. We gotta move on, and I'll be right back, Raven. Okay. So, Alrighty. You've heard this gentleman before, but this is actually the first time he's been an official on the Sexy Witch Channel. Uh, he is a uh, horror podcaster, soul podcaster, and the voice of violence in, in, in independent deathmatch wrestling. This is the son of Sally Lloyd himself from Atlanta, Georgia. Please welcome to the show, Nathan Hamilton. How you doing? Welcome to the Sexy Witches, sir. And I can finally add Sexy Witch to that long list of monikers. <laughs> and I give you a lot of monikers. Hey, I, 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 have, I have to have different personas for all my pursuits. And like Raven said, here's to being lean, mean, and full of vaccines. Hell right. yeah. We're all lean, mean, and full of vaccine and ready to go on adventures. So, But one person on this panel can't have one only because she is too young. But she's not too young to be on our show. This is the first she's been on in small calling. But this is the first time that she'll be guest hosting in the first hour of The Sexy Witches. Please welcome to the show from my neck of the woods because, well, we're related. Please welcome to the show... The Evil Genius. Hello. Welcome to the Sexy Witches. Hello, person. I am another person, and that's all I have to say. Okay. Uh, We do want to talk fun, but unfortunately, we do have some business to take care of that is not so much fun. There was, in the last 48 hours, 
two deaths that have affected the uh, community quite a bit. Oh One yeah. is a celebrity death, and we'll just go over that real briefly. I am going to play um, a song from him tonight at the end of the show. Um, it got word out that Robert E. White, who played Sebastian on Little Mermaid, yeah. has passed. And for anybody that thought that Little Mermaid was one of their favorite films when they came out, um, me, namely, uh, <laughs> I was very saddened by this loss and uh, been listening, singing uh, Little Mermaid. Little Mermaid is one of the few um, Disney films that I can sing from beginning to end. So I'm really sad right. about that. I'm sure a few of you are as well. I am. That's, yeah. That's I saw one of the that only the ones theater. I can sing from beginning to end. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna say even Nathan likes The Little Mermaid, so um, and oh, he, yeah. he could, you could not have done that. His voice work on that on that movie really is what wins at the Oscar. I honestly think that yeah. if he wasn't, it, it, his voice acting is so amazing. Um, I guess right. Under the Sea is a fun song. Don't get me wrong. You know, Minkin and and Howard Ashman were amazing writing duo and nobody yeah. was able to duplicate the, the chemistry those two guys had. But um, kiss the girl might be one of my favorite songs of all time. It not oh, only good. his vocal is amazing. And it, it's also, if you're listening to the lyrics, they're kind of naughty for a, a Disney film. So, they, I, you yeah, know, they're a little saucy. They're a little saucy. I'm not, right. I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell you which one, actually, but Under the Sea actually contains the dirtiest line from any Disney movie ever. So I'll let you figure that out. Caroline, it's better Uh, down where it's wetter? That might be it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean. I like how our minds are all in the gutter. I mean, even Evil Genius, I know you love The Little Mermaid as well. I mean, I used to watch it over and over as I was a kid, and I think I think that one just ruined my childhood. And I am looking at everyone in this in this podcast. Well, okay, <laughs> yes, we might we are ruining your childhood. I do apologize, evil genius, but I think you can handle a little bit of sauciness. But anyway, rest in peace, Mr. Uh, Richard E. Wright. We love you, and I will play your music at the end tonight. Now, that one's celebrity death, and, you know, we always try to acknowledge it and celebrities, big and small, if we can on this show, because we are geeks. But um, the horror community itself took a huge hit this morning, um, and a lot of us have been reeling ever since. And, I, Nathan, I'm going to have you talk about him, because you knew him better than I did. Um, but I wanted to mention that the effects uh, uh, artist and director of Laid to Rest, the Chrome Skull series, uh, Robert Oh, my God. I can't even really. It's still kind of shocking. Robert uh, Green Hall passed this morning of unknown causes. Uh, there's a lot of secrecy about what how he died from. Um, it was sudden. I can tell you that. Um, it, but that's all I can tell you. Um, yeah. He, on my end of the world, he actually has an interesting connection because he gave Jason and Sarah Trost their first jobs. Um, uh, other than, you know, working with their father. And, uh, you know, Chrome Skull is, a, is actually, if, even if you don't like Blade to Rest movies, Chrome Skull is kind of an icon in his own way. He's got one of the cooler flasher masks ever in the history of ever. But, Nathan, I would like you, if you could, talk about the person himself, because the first time I met him was helping you work a panel 
And, uh, you know, he was always very open about being on panels for you. And uh, Richard Tanner, who's a friend of the show in particular, is taking this pretty hard. We love you, Richard. I hope you're doing okay today. Um, so please talk about this gentleman. He deserves a few minutes of our time. Yeah, man. I remember b- before I ever met him, I remember just loving the hell I laid the rest. Like, that's one of the best slasher movies that's come out in the last, like, since the golden age of slasher movies, you know? And I found out he was going to be at Days of the Dead, and this was when I was running the um, the blue track for them, focusing on the independent horror. And I just hit him up, and I'm like, hey, you know, because there were a few directors throughout the course of that that I were guests at the con that I hit up and say, hey, you want to come do some stuff with me and help promote indie horror? And he's like, oh, hell yeah, man. Like, like, yeah, all the, uh, you know, the Hollywood stuff is great, but Indy's where my heart is. And so every show he was at, he was on my panels, and he would, like, I watched him sit at his table, and people that came up to get autographs, he would point them towards, you know, he would tell them about the panels and point them towards that. And he was definitely a voice for indie horror and a voice for encouraging, you know, aspiring filmmakers and really a a light in the scene that uh, it really is sad that got snuffed out way too soon. Um, it's it's shocking, of course, when someone so young dies suddenly. And it was rather sudden because he was working as of yes, last week. Uh, you know, he was posting about, and he was actually collaborating on working on another late to rest movie even. So uh, this is not something that was expected at all. Um, so I, my condolences to his family and to his friends, and uh, we will miss him terribly, and um, I will light a candle in his honor, sir. Thank you for all the beautiful effects work you've done over the years. So I, makeup artists are always a, a special to me in my heart, and that, you know, I met him in person, and he was so approachable. Um, was very touching. Thank you, sir. Um, <laughs> not the easiest guy in the world. He was very flamboyant man, and I'm not waxing nostalgic on that because he could he could get throw it down if he needed to. But you know, there's it's wonderful <laughs> when someone can has that both sides, you know. So and he would show mm-hmm. both at his panels. So it was he was a mentor, but don't fuck with him either. You know, a lot of things, a lot of lessons could be learned from. Mr. Hall. So rest in peace, sir. And uh, like I said, uh, my condolences go out to his friends and family. So um, anything else we want to say about him, Nathan, before we uh, shift gears and talk about the adventures that we've been having? Nah, just everybody out. If you haven't seen Laid to Rest, watch that movie. And because, I mean, like I said, it's amazing. And just, you know, put one up for Robert Hall, man. He's, uh, he's going to be missed. You know, if it wasn't for Chrome Skull and Laid to Rest, Jason Trost and Sarah Trost would not have met Sean Whalen, and we would not have the FP movies. So, you know, and I would not be a producer. <laughs> so there's that going on, too. Robert yeah. E. Hall touched me indirectly in a, light, in a way that um, I didn't even expect. You know what I'm saying? It, 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 it's it's amazing how close knit the indie and big, how small and tight the indie community can be sometimes. So we're going to feel it for a while. Yeah, it is. It's it's kind of interesting that way. Uh, You're very right. I didn't have the pleasure of 
knowing him, but I was just looking at his profile, and of course, I have like eight mutual friends, and they're all effects um, movie people that I'm friends IRL with, and I don't think you're friends with those friends, but it's so interesting (laughs) how much crossover, it really is just like this amoebus family. Yeah, it, it really is. So when we, we feel the hits when they happen. So absolutely. Uh, yeah. But you know, but th- there's a second generation behind me now. Um, that is not. I wouldn't say she, the evil genius is following in my footsteps, but she's definitely following me around. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and um, so I was talking about um, the first, my first media convention of the year. A year, the last one I did was Days of the Dead with Nathan in February of 2020. Yeah. Um, we went to the that one, and then two weeks later we shot the SP3, which, by the way, there was a uh, notice this afternoon. We are at a 100% lock on our rough cut, which is like a big nice. deal. Uh, yeah, so there's a movie. Mm. It's done. Uh, awesome. So we're all. I, I, I'm gonna see if I can see it soon. I hope I can. Um, but that's another story. Uh, oh, my God. And by the way, if the power goes out here and I disappear, it's because the storm, the sky is opened up and it's hell out there cool. at the moment. It's beautiful, <laughs> but it's hell. Um, oh, and we have cicadas, by the way. Um, Brood 10 is oh, all over my backyard right now. <laughs> so, wow. Um, it's kind of crazy here. So, But um, all this craziness and my first media convention of the season, uh, Monster Mania which is always a class act. They are one of the few that, geez, did you guys hear that? Yeah. Yeah. See, that, that's that outside my door. <laughs> I told you. It's like a it. garbage truck driving off the edge of the Empire State Building. <laughs> kind of. It's not what's happening out there. It is. Wow. That's pretty badass. I love thunderstorms in the summertime. That's uh, the only thing in the humidity it's good for. So, uh, you know, but I digress. Where was I? Okay, Phoenixville. Uh, so Monster Mania Pop decided before COVID was over um, to have to try an outdoor film fest uh, media convention, horror convention. And so I went and it was in Oaks, Pennsylvania. It was called the Little Mall of Horrors. And it lasted two, uh, three days from the 21st through the 23rd or 2nd. Well, let's see, no, uh, 21st to the 23rd, I think. Um, I don't even know my own dates. Uh, I know that 22nd, Nathan had a wrestling match, so that had to be a Saturday. So <laughs> we'll talk about that, Nathan, soon. Uh, but uh, so, um, but but uh, Lily and I, or I'm sorry, the evil genius and I, uh, instead instead of going both days to Little Shop uh, Mall of Horrors, we decided to do one of the satellite events on Saturday night. And then stay the night in Phoenixville, Pennsylvania, and then go to the media convention the next day. And so we stayed in Phoenixville, which is the where they shot the blob in 1957. Um, the Colonial Theater is still there. And as, as people nice. know, and that we've had episodes on it before, it's not the first time I've led in with the blob on my show at all. <laughs> um, it was, uh, the blob was shot there, and Blob Fest happens every July. This year's Blob Fest, once again, is virtual, but next year, I was talking with Mr. Lobo at Monster Mania, uh, for sure next year there will be a run out and the whole bit, and I promise the evil genius that we'll probably go. So, um, you know, Blob Fest is a great time. 
But this is not what I did this weekend. What we did this weekend is we saw a double feature of Creepshow from 1982. Is that right? 82, Nathan? 82 or 83? 82. 82. Got it. Yeah, 82. And The Fog, which I think is 79. Is that correct? That sounds right. I think I know that. I'm doing this without IMDP, gentlemen. I know. I think you're right. We don't need no stinking IMDP. 82 was a very (laughs) important year for horror. Like, like there's two years I always circle in the 80s that were particularly important, 82 and 87. Uh, and 82, you look at the movies in 82, and there's just so many important films that year. Um, and one of them was Creepshow. And Creepshow is still popular to this day and finds whole new audiences from whole new generations. And one of those people was the evil genius who came out of that watching both movies. And uh, so, Evil Genius, we want to hear your review because uh, we've all seen it. You don't, you can so spoil away. Most of the people that are listening have probably seen it. If they haven't, go watch it. It's on there, and watch the series too. By the way, the new series is quite good. Hey, it's um, not too shabby. It's great. Yeah. Oh my God, I love Public Television of the Dead. The opening episode of season two that yeah. was like the gold, absolute gold. But anyway. Uh, Go, Evil Genius. Tell us about what you liked about it, your favorite segments, and all, and the color schemes. Talk about it because it looks like a comic book. Uh, so, what what did you think of it? I really liked it. Um, okay, it's kind of hard to explain my opinions on it. I mean, it's really interesting, but I think each segment was its own thing. Like, I've got opinions on each segment. The first segment. Well- that was an obvious, that that was pretty obvious to me. Like, all right, once the first two people died back to back, I'm being like, oh, okay, this is one of those things where everyone dies one by one. And it's like one of those things. And I actually was not sure, I was not expecting anything. Like, there's going to be multiple segments. So I was kind of confused and thinking, like, what? Why are they killing off everyone so fast if this is going to be a whole movie? <laughs> and I freaking jumped at that head. The head. The head made me jump. So she jumped out of her skull and grabbed my arm. Like when that happened. I don't like, you. Like, when the zombie comes out with the uh, head on the platter. So what was really funny to me was what happened before that. And the first kill in the cemetery of the old woman Lily yells out, that's so fake. And I'm like, what? I'm like, the zombie looks great. And she goes, no, he's fine. Her screaming is fake. <laughs> she didn't like yeah. her acting. So, right? yeah, it, sounded, it, was, it didn't sound real at all. I was like, like, it just didn't sound real. It was not convincing. <laughs> I can I could do a better scream than her. One thing I found funny was, um, one thing I actually found funny, which was the background. They actually blue screened it to make comic book backgrounds in some scenes because it's based on a comic book, right? And I thought I actually found that funny because it's like, you went through all that trouble to make it look like a comic book and it's pretty, it's pretty cool. Um, 
I really don't have any thoughts or opinions on the second segment. I mean, it's kind of just there. I mean, I don't hate it. <laughs> yeah. I don't like it. Which one was the second segment again? I always forget the order. Uh, the plant one that takes over the body. Oh, yeah, that's right. Stephen King. Yeah, uh, I mean, I mean, he did all the things he should do. I mean, no. and that, he did the exact same thing that how the blob was created, except it was with evil plants that overgrow everything and take over the world. Well, you're right, and I thought, and I made that connection when I was in the theater. I was like, "Oh, a meteor crashes, and an old man's touching it with a stick." I'm in Phoenixville. This cannot end well. <laughs> you know, there's nothing about that that's going to be good, right? So, it, yeah. Leave anyway. the meteor alone. Don't tell. <laughs> don't you know? Stop like Nathan and I have some rules about when we're on because we've been traveling a lot together recently. So we have some rules about uh, if we're in cabins, not to open any books with leather covers, um, sure. and an unlock. God's and, sake, don't read out of them. And don't read <laughs> out of them. Uh, and you know, don't open especially weird. Especially out loud. Yeah, no, especially out loud. That's the number one rule: don't read from the book. Even the evil genius knows that. Uh, but yeah. I would say I, up I, there I, is I even don't poke. Watching um, Evil Dead Two. And creating this list of things you shouldn't do in horror movies. And, like, the main thing was, like, don't go into the attic or basement. Uh, don't, don't go into creepy mansions or or haunted hallways. And it was, like, <laughs> everything that every horror movie character does that they shouldn't do to survive. And they're so stupid to project the storyline. That's one of my pet peeves about horror movies. Like they don't think like actual people, and how actual think you like people would actually react and do. They are like, you know what? My friends mysteriously disappeared. Why do I go investigate? After they both want to investigate, and they both mysteriously disappear. I don't think you'd want to do that, but people would do that anyways because they're idiots <laughs> in horror. Mm-hmm. Sorry. It's no, okay. <laughs> True, what you said. No, you're the evil genius. You're allowed to rant. This is completely fine. Um, <laughs> her family. <laughs> okay, so it pretty much. So the the third segment is actually one of my favorites. It's the one about the tides and with Ted Danson and Liam um, uh, Leslie Nielsen. Um, and I went to the restroom at the very beginning because I knew it had a little bit of burn before it gets to the good. I come back and it's right before uh, Leslie Nielsen is driving Ted Danson to the beach and. It's Lily looks at me, this guy is totally murdering this guy. And I'm like, what made you think that? <laughs> you know, so, like, um, so for some reason, I don't that, remember saying that. You did. You totally did. Um, I don't so, remember saying that for no reason at all. Yeah. No, you totally do. You totally did. I know. It's hysterical. You're like, this guy is totally murdering this guy. I'm like, yes. <laughs> I was like, laughing. You know. Yeah. Can I ask you a question? Uh oh. Do you know Leslie Nielsen from any other movie? And if so, which one? Where have you seen him before? Because I'm kind of I'm kind of wondering if being an, an older audience member and having seen him play comedy, if that plays different if you know him from comedy to where if you haven't seen him in comedies. I don't think I've showed her Airplane yet, Nathan. Okay. 
Surely you okay, can't be so serious. The whole cast against Don't cast call me Shirley. Type thing, wasn't it? Okay. That's an interesting perspective to see the movie from. I like yeah. It. Sorry. I, 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 I did don't not think... understand what you said. Um, you you were talking. But that's no, it's all good. Oh. I was asking the, the, the older guy. I was asking if he knew him from any other movies. If you've seen huh? Leslie Nielsen, the older man of the two, have you seen any movies with him, Lily? Probably, but I can't listen off the top of my head. I'm pretty sure okay. she hasn't seen Airplane yet, and um, gotcha. I I know I haven't shown her Police um, Police was it Police Story is that the one that he used to do the TV show oh, the Naked Gun movie? Police Squad yeah no yeah. cool Police Squad first Police Squad's awesome yeah actually um mm-hmm. so, you know but uh, yeah no so I don't think I've actually shown her I've shown her Top What's Secret Forbidden Planet definitely shown her Top Secret um, no Forbidden okay. Planet. Forbidden Planet. I have shown I mean, her Forbidden Planet, but that, she might. In other things, she might have seen. I have shown her Forbidden Planet. She probably she knows who Robbie, Robbie the robot is. I, you know, I am a good yeah. mom. I'm just gonna make sure she's gonna know who Robbie is. Uh, but <laughs> I do not think that she would have a reference for Leslie Nielsen yet. Gotcha. No. Okay. But going back to okay. that segment in Leslie Nielsen and Ted Danson, Ted Danson, she might because she's seen some of the Good Place. Um, so, mm-hmm. uh, but he looks very different. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> he's, at, he's as old in the Good Place now as Leslie Nielsen was playing, but was younger than <laughs> Creepshow. What's up with that? Uh, anyway, so. So, uh, evil genius, talk about the one where they bury the guy, the guy in the and t- the tide and the reef. What do you think of that one? That's the third segment. I mean, for one, why was that girl dating the older man? That was I think they, they were married. I think, Lily. Yeah, uh, yeah. Genius. But why were they? Why were they married in the first place? Obviously, she was the other. Obviously, she was the other guy's age. But for some reason, she was dating that older man. I, Money. I can't. I don't have an explanation for that other than maybe that was her father. But why would she be married to her father? Ew. <laughs> I don't have an explanation for why she's dating. All right, maybe this is Clinton too close to home. We're going to fast forward. All right, so the most infamous segment, the fourth one, is next. And that one, a lot of people think is their favorite, even though, like I said, I like the one with the tides a little bit more. But this would be the crate. And the crate was successful, wasn't it, Evil Genius? Yes. And would you no. like yes and no? Oh, okay, there's a no in there. What's the no? Well, I mean, for what you said, you said that I was going to talk about it. I was expecting it to be super scared out of my shit. It did not live up to the expectations I expected. Okay, I, I, in 82, I was um, nine years old, Lily. I, I was actually younger than you, and that segment scared the shit out of me in 82, okay? <laughs> it was terrifying to me. Um, so, but maybe as I was 11, I would have been more informed, I would have been okay. You don't know. Okay. But just from how you said, just how you explained it, I thought it would be much more scarier than it actually ended up to be. But it was actually pretty scary. And of course, (laughs) and, (coughs) like, everyone (laughs) died in 
Not everyone died in this one, which was kind of surprising. <laughs> Only a couple of people died, and one person got traumatized to death, and one person was a sociopath that uh, killed someone, but technically didn't kill them, so they don't so they get away with the murder. But then again, he was okay with seeing that happen and cleaning up the blood, which leads me to believe he's killed someone before. <laughs> oh, well, maybe. I mean, yeah. There is some controversy. I'm going to throw it out for a second, Evil Genius, to the sexy witches on this segment. Because did Adrian Barbo's character deserve to die? Which character? The wife. Does she deserve to die? Uh, without... I mean, in a horror movie world or in the real world? <laughs> I think I they're different saying, answers no. for me. I mean, I mean, I don't think she deserved to die. She deserved to be punished with as a consequence, but not that sort of consequence. The consequence she should have deserved was a... I don't know. But <laughs> just a lesser consequence. Like a divorce. She didn't deserve that consequence. She deserved a, less, a lesser one because everyone deserves a consequence for their actions if they're bad. I mean if they're good or bad, but everyone just has a consequence for their actions, and because she was being a rude-ass bitch, she does deserve a consequence, but not the level of consequence she had. No one really deserves a level of consequence to death. Oh. So what about, in the horror world, she was a shrew, and shrews often get it in horror films, but, mm-hmm. you know, I've watched that segment over and over again, and my opinion on that character has changed. And this time, I actually have a lot of empathy for her. Maybe it's because I'm going through a divorce. (laughs) I don't know. Um, But, you know, there's like, I don't know. What what do you think, Raven? We'll start with you first. Um, You know, as, as retribution, I mean, sure, she's a shrew, but she's also, from what I recall, um, pretty emotionally abusive <laughs> like it's not just reactionary to how she feels she's being treated so um but in a horror world like having retribution for someone who's really um driving home this point of really being fun to not like <laughs> it's really it can be rewarding to see them you know fed to a fucking basement monster or whatever uh, that eighth thing. <laughs> uh, but in the real world, yeah, I'd be like, you should get some therapy and <laughs> maybe like a pedicure and calm down a minute and maybe you'll feel better. But in the movie world, I, I do like seeing people eaten alive and teared from limb to limb. So those, those I, seem I, I adequate. Love... Monsters are awesome. I'm always yeah. for the monster. So uh, monster movies sure. are my favorite. <laughs> They'll always be my favorite. Uh, so, Nathan, how do you feel about Adrian Bar? I mean, it's also, it's the fact that Adrian Barbone being ripped apart, and I love her. Right. Well, as as we all know, I am a, devo- a devoted follower of Joe Bob Briggs. Uh-huh. And that, Creepshow is definitely a drive-in style flick. And what is the number one rule? Anyone can die at any time. So... <laughs> You know, with that being said, like, to paraphrase the evil genius, kill the rude-ass bitch. Okay. <laughs> okay, so I've always I done... did not say that. Don't so take he... words 
that did not come out of my mouth, sir. That is very rude, and you <laughs> should be punished for that. <laughs> so, now, right now, think about what you've done or whatever the fuck parents say when you've done something bad. Hey, wait, wait. What's up? <laughs> Only I can fucking cuss on my show. Oh, that's not true. Anybody can cuss. So... <laughs> Anyway, let's let's go on to the segment you actually knew about, the last one. Um, and we're not talking about the wraparound. We're not even going into Tom Atkins yet. We're going to talk about him in a few minutes. Um, but um, what do you think about the last segment with the cockroaches? You actually knew this one. Don't remember where I learned it. I think we learned it on YouTube about like like ten things. I don't remember, but I saw it on YouTube, and that's why I was so excited. But I thought it was disgusting. I don't even have a phobia bug. It was disgusting. And the, and the worst part was I was aware they were real bugs. The whole, the whole mm, yeah. So they actually put bugs in cereal, and they had to cut, <laughs> and they got a realistic dummy, and then they had to plant a bunch of cockroaches in its stomach so they could get out. And they had one shot to do everything. <laughs> I guess if you're right, they probably really only did have one shake to do it because how are you going to wrangle all those bugs and get them back in the dummy very easily? I mean, I'm sure yeah, back people. to one, everyone. Like they won't listen. It's hard to direct people, let alone cockroaches. Now, if you look carefully, there are some Madagascarian hissing cockroaches in in there as well, which are not bugs that would be considered. They're not even filthy. First of all, they're clean bugs. Um, and Nathan, you can talk about Madagascar and his cockroaches because uh, they make great pets. Yes, those are my babies. I used to have a colony of them, and I used to use them in my feather world. I can say, no, I'm also using cockroaches. Nathan, you're. you're... No, doesn't happen that way. Nathan, no. your phone is acting really, really weird. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, it's like your voice is melting. Like, only your voice is on acid. Yeah. That's yeah, crazy. only my That's voice. That's as scientific as I can get. <laughs> so, can you repeat yourself, sir? Because we only got about a third of that. Oh, okay. I was saying that, yes, I used to uh, I used to have a colony of Madagascar hissing cockroaches, and they make great pets, and I had a good relationship with my bugs, and I used them in my act in the world, and they can be good actors when uh, properly motivated with bananas. Interesting. Well, yeah. They're food motivated. That does help. There's, they're not anything the like real cockroaches. So yeah, the other mm-hmm. cockroaches are gross. I mean, I am obsessed with cockroaches, um, and not because they're gross, because they like you can pull their heads off, and they will live for four days past that. Like they'll starve to death, but they can still live without a head. I mean, it's just ugh, and and they can sprint up. They can There's even up a, to, sorry. They can sprint up. Go ahead, evil genius. What did you say? I was going to say an even grosser fact is if one of them dies, the colony will eat that one. They're cannibals. They're cannibals. Well, yes, they are cannibals. I don't think hissing cockroaches are cannibals. No, I'm um, not talking about hissing cockroaches. I'm talking about normal cockroaches that live in your house. And yeah, yeah, no, no, there's a vast, vast difference. It's like the difference between a fancy rat and a 
and a, a Norwegian rat, right? There's like Norwegian rats are evil, huge, and want to kill you. Um, you know, uh, fancy rats sit in your pocket and live there and they wash their faces and they sometimes go on your shoulder and feed, eat there and snuggle in your hair. No, that's very different creatures. Uh, so, uh, um, so that that's creep show, and we won't go too deep into the fog. But Lily, what did what did you think of the fog? You said it started out slow, but you liked the back half of the movie a lot. The more I think about the movie, the more my opinion changed, and that's how I always think about my horror movies work with me. So, like that's always because. Uh, so I still think about how. First part was very slow. It got me very bored very fast, which is never good. But the second half, it was, yeah, don't really know how to say. It was like scary, and then it was like scary, but it was also like, okay, I'm just gonna roll with this. If you know what I'm feeling. <laughs> I, I would understand what you're trying to say because, yeah, the fog is there's it makes a lot of leaps and doesn't really explain itself very much. It's just suddenly <laughs> there's a fog and a ghost ship, and then there's pirate ghost. Okay, and then there's suddenly a dead body that falls out of nowhere that has well, no nothing to do with the plot. Oh yeah, and Tom Atkins picks up a hitchhiker and gets some because he's Tom Atkins, and you know it, that's the fog for you, but. uh uh, but I like the back. I like the the captain when his eyes are glowing red and he has a sword. I yeah, that's a really cool. cool. That's such a, a cool image. I I thought I've only saw this movie the first first time, believe it or not, in October right. of last year. Yeah. For some I reason, remember. even though, and I, you know, the scene where the the kid the, when the kid was in trouble, she was freaking out during that part of the movie. So, um, yeah. but that house, the house the that kid, it takes I place have in. I for the kids. I've I stayed there. That's the only character I always have that before. I'll be worried for it. It's only the kids. I have yeah, she, before that. Which we are also, she's going to stay on and give an inter- a review of Psycho Gorman after we're done with this conversation because we watched Psycho Gorman and together. I and Street. Street last night. So um, for this, and when we get to the what are we watching segment. Um, so hold on to those, uh, Evil Genius. So that is, so Fog wasn't as successful, but I want to say I keep forgetting how beautiful Adrian Barbeau was in oh that time period. Like she's always beautiful. Yeah. Like, but it's something about that movie. I it just it, there's this one shot of her waking up out of bed and she's wearing a just an ordinary blue satiny nightgown in her hair, but she's and the lighting is just perfect and it's like whoa, she's absolutely gorgeous. Like drop dead, like out of our league. Like, did she belong on this earth gorgeous? I mean, no, yeah, she's, I was going to say out of the human league. Like, yeah, yeah, I mean, the, yeah, the, she's, she's just, and she's such a sweetheart. I, I didn't get to um, take the evil genius to meet her during the um, festival. She was there, um, and, oh, but she was always busy. She looked great, by the way, which I was so excited to see. But it would have been my second time meeting her, and I actually had, Goals. I needed a picture with Tom Atkins because <laughs> I it's yeah. freaking Tom Atkins. Matter of fact, um, on um, Maniac Cop, um, 
last drive-in. At one point, Joe Bob is giving Darcy crap about having a huge crush on Tom Atkins. And she goes, you want to be with Tom Atkins? She goes, if we could only be so lucky. I mean, <laughs> you know, she just yeah. like how how everyone still loves Tom Atkins. And I still love Tom Atkins. He couldn't really hear anything. The wind was too loud and he has a hearing problem. But we got a very nice picture. Um, of all three of us, and that was very nice. So awesome. um, that was that was the big thing we did at Monster Mania. Le- the Evil Genius was a shopping meister. Tell tell all the things we bought. Tell us about our haul. Well, uh, we bought a lot of shit, and some and a lot of things I actually picked out myself without any improvement. I actually got on my own. Back to the Future, Arachnophobia, and this rare. This collector's item doll of um, Freddy Krueger, I mean Fred Krueger, from Nightmare on Elm Street, which I didn't even know it was a collector's item. I just got it because I I thought Mom would like it. It's a Hot Wheels. It had Entress. Yeah, it's a Hot Wheels, and and Nathan knows which one it is. Uh, It's a Hot Wheels collector, and there was a Jason, and there was another movie that also... There's, there's three or four of them. Now I suddenly want to find the others. Um, so in that, and, but, in that series, there's a Freddy, a Jason, a Leatherface, a Frankenstein, and a Wolfman. Yeah. There's, there's also like a non-horror one on my back of my mind. I have to look at it. There, I might go get it. In... There's, um, there's, a, there's a Fonz on there from uh, Happy Days. There's a few other ones. I can't. I can't. I think there's a Laurel and Hardy one. If I'm not mistaken, but there, there were there were about nine or ten in that series, yeah. All right, I I have to. It's in the other room. I have to go look at the back for a second because I can't think of what struck me as odd about one of the choices. Evil genius, talk a bit more about the parasol and the really cool um, the skull stuff you bought because you bought several skull things. What I did. Yes, the lamp and the pillow from um, from uh, Season of the Witch. It is a skull. It's a skull and a pumpkin. Um, no, and... no, 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 no. Those are two separate things. A skull and pumpkin, they cannot be the same thing. Unless they could jack-o-lantern. totally be the same thing. Okay, no, they cannot be unless there's a jack-o'-lantern. That's probably not a jack-o'-lantern. It still looks like a skull. I'm going to refer to it as a pumpkin. Okay, that's fine. Refer to it as a pumpkin. But you also but you also had the the purse, tell them about the mermaid pur the mermaid pillow purse thing. Oh, right. I mean, it's not a mermaid pillow, so it's just a mermaid. But uh I guess we did get this really pretty parasol which um it I'll be right back. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we got really, like we got a parasol and as I said a lamp, which uh, it's like a skull, a silver skull with a light that flickers like a candle, which it looks really pretty. And I picked it on myself. We also got this great horror bag, which as it said is a mermaid, where you can flip it, and it's cute, useful, very, very helpful. <laughs> um, I mean. As I said, I got two movies, which I picked out myself when I finally got the back the future trilogy so I can watch that, which is definitely nice. on my bucket list. One of my favorite trilogies of all time. 
I also bought it's her. It's definitely one um, everyone needs to see at some point. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I'm actually kind of surprised. I thought for sure I'd shown, I've, I've shown her the first movie. I'm positive I have. Uh, you know, it's funny how I'm like, like some films, I'm like, really? I haven't shown this one to her yet? Uh, you know, there's a few of those here and there. Um, but, you know, the important ones are there. That's what matters. Uh, so, you know, but, yeah, no, she does need to see that. Absolutely. And the answer is, okay, I knew it was weird. It was I Dream a Genie and Matt. And Mask was the one that was like, I got to find that one. Mask from wow. uh, Jim Carrey. That wow. movie. I was That's thinking right. like the car show M dot A dot S dot K dot. <laughs> no, no, from no. From the Mask. olden days. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not that kind of mask. No, no. Mask uh, with uh, Jim Carrey with the Loki mask. So, mm-hmm. um you know, but anyway, I, I was just like, I knew it was like a weird one. I was like, okay, that's that a weird not a horror. Like, yeah, I dream of genie. It'd be weird to be in but... all of those fan bases at the same time. Well, let's see how many of these I actually. Well, Friday the Thirteenth. I'm actually not really a fandom of Friday the Thirteenth. It's more of an appreciation than a love. Now, I love the Friday the Thirteenth movie, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street movies, especially one, three, uh, four, and five. Those <laughs> I love those ones and. Uh, uh, Evil Genius asked if she could watch A Nightmare on Elm Street last night So I put it on with Psycho Gorman and so we're going to Talk about that and then I'm going to throw it to The other sexy witches to talk about things they've Been watching if that's alright Evil Genius Yeah that's fine Okay so Talk about the two films we watched last night Psycho Gorman And Nightmare on Elm Street We'll start with Psycho Gorman Because you laughed Psycho your butt Gorman. off Okay, sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. Psycho Gorman is... I want to say it's a horror. It's not a horror movie. It's more of a comedy with blood. <laughs> uh, a lot... Not a lot of blood, but a good amount of blood. Um, I mean... It was hilarious. The main character with the gem, we, we were saying, that's definitely me. It just reminds me. It reminded me of me, except a little bit more bitchier. And actually bitchier. I'm jokingly bitchy, not actually bitchy. Oh, is that so? And who yes. said you could say bitchy on my show? Did I give you permission? Uh, you come okay. all the time and say bitchy. You can't say shit. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll talk about your language off air, but you know, the contrast doesn't really give a uh, doesn't have any fucks to give about that. But the mom side of her does. <laughs> so they're fighting. There's an inner turmoil. Oh, but Psycho Gorman, I, I want to point out that I think it looks like if you took acid and decided that Marty Morphin Power Rangers wasn't evil enough, um, you get Psycho Gorman. <laughs> Um, it really like like it, it looked to me like like if you took all the characters from from and gave a budget to all the characters from like it looks like something out of out of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. I swear, um, except for the lead character. Lead character was pretty much a, what evil Thanos type demon guy. And he was kind of cool. Um, I, I, do we know anything as a, geeks about the FX? company that did the movie do we know anything did anybody do a deep dive on that i, 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 I was gonna watch it it wasn't this anyone i've heard of 
Yeah, I didn't think it, it, it's wild, right? The the costume design and and the character design in this movie is crazy. I like your I like the way you said um, evil Power Rangers. I also describe it as what would happen if Guar made a kids movie. That's what you oh, said to me. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, but, that's how I describe it. Yeah, that's, that's how you described it to me before. <laughs> Both of them are, but and evil Power Rangers. It really is. When we were the, discussing that movie. When we were discussing that movie, I said I wanted to hear you, uh, you and the evil genius's thoughts on one character. It was the lead character because I'm like they're both going to say it reminds them of the evil genius. Um, I, at one point though, I go, "Would you want to be her friend?" She goes, "Yes," like that, like you know, not even <laughs> like in. Like, I would say that yeah, she is. I don't want to use bitchier, but I do want to say she is a bit harsher and meaner than the evil genius. Yes, the evil genius. No, she's mean. She's very mean to her brother. Very mean to her brother. Um, you know, but it, it you know, but at the same time, like you know, you can see there's a sequel coming because she's starting. At one point, Psycho Gorman said that she doesn't know how to wield it, and at one point she does wield it very slightly and she does a little twirl just like a power ranger and uh and all of a sudden i was like well maybe there's more to this story than just some crazy psycho gorman guy going and destroying the world so that was enough (laughs) for plot (laughs) it was hysterical i i really enjoyed the film it was fun watching her watch it she did not stop laughing and at one point they're singing frig off and and she and Lily is like I don't know how to feel about this movie. <laughs> She's just laughing so hard. Uh, so that was a lot I mean, of fun. That song does kick though, and I would definitely if we were friends. I definitely upstage that girl and start singing frig off better than her. I don't make fun of her. Then make fun of how better I am, and then flick my hair and make an epic getaway. Oh, you're going to flick your hair and make a good getaway? Okay. Um, I believe that. They can make it look epic if I do a flick of the hair. They build a slow it down, and they make it sparkle and zoom up on my face, which will be epic and all that shit. Hey, so, Nathan, should I, and Raymond, I'm sure this is, should it, now that she's seen Psycho Gorman, I think I should show her the gate next. What do you think? Oh, God. You know what? Um, there's a special F word uh, that was very common in the late 70s and early 80s that I can't even watch that movie anymore. They use it so much. They it's do? It's so triggering to me. So FYI. Uh, okay. I, I, I haven't watched it in a while. I just remember, like, a lot of actual really awesome effects in that movie. Yeah, no, it has great practicals. It's like um, a cool concept, but it's it's not, it's not woke well. at all. And I wish the word were flamer. It is not. <laughs> no, I, I know. I seem to remember, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so I'll just be now, aware of that if you want to have that discussion. I, I might, well, she, she, she's way more woke than I am. So we could go into all yeah. of that off the air later because, you know, the 11-year-old sure. is schooling me on things. So yeah. <laughs> it comes, no. comes to language. Just, especially. just to be aware of it because I totally forgot and it caught me off guard. I was like, dude. Okay. <laughs> so maybe I shouldn't show her the gate then. I, I still like. like maybe not I next. Like, okay. How about Monster Squad? I haven't shown her Monster Squad. 
Monster Squad yet, and I do think I should show her Monster Squad. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's a good choice. I also bought her a copy of The Last Minzy, which is a kids' film I really oh, like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that that was a very surprisingly good film, and people don't get how good that movie is. It is so good. Um, and um, uh, we'll say I got Devil's Backbone, Last Minzy, and then I bought one other. Nathan, do you remember I bought a third film for her? What was the third one? Do we remember what the horror film was that I bought her? I do not remember. I do not remember. It's in the other room, and I don't want to get up and go get it. Uh, I bought one other film for her. You know, give, you know I'm icebreaking her into actually some real movies. Uh, and Wait, get, what movie did you buy for me again? Uh, I bought you a kid's film called The Last Mimsy, which is a science fiction movie with Alice in Wonderland themes. It's kind of cool. Uh, and, and parallel universes, things I love. Um, and, uh, also, what was it? Uh, and then I said, uh, now I don't even remember any of the films I buy. <laughs> what did I just say? I don't even remember. Forget um, it. I, uh, my brain Devil's is like backbone. a, a windshield with a squeegee going over it. Like, I forget <laughs> who I am every five seconds. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, Devil's Backbone. But I did buy one other film that oh, right. I wanted her to see. I don't remember. So anyway, it's all good, you know. I, I bought what eighty bucks. That was at McKay's in in Knoxville when we were at the wrestling match in May, in the beginning of May. That place is and amazing. I, yeah, I clunked down eighty bucks worth of movies in that place really easily. Didn't mean to, but I did. Uh, <laughs> so uh, you know, I, I dropped I dropped a hundred bucks in there real quick. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty funny how quickly money went out the door um got a really badass funko conan shirt that the evil genius is trying to steal from me um, so because uh, it's a medium it looks great on me but she wants it uh so <laughs> which one again uh, the conan funko uh t-shirt i have my new one oh, okay okay uh-huh. oh i just remembered about the shirt <laughs> So, and then after Psycho Gorman, we watched Nightmare on Elm Street, which I was curious how that one was going to hit. Because it is, you know, and what was your your final review of it last night before we went to sleep? I'd say it's a good movie, but a very, very weird one. <laughs> I think that's like the most honest review of Nightmare on Elm Street original there is. It's it's a really good film, but it's a really really weird one. Yeah, it's, she was. It's the ending. It's always what throws people off. Threw me off. No, I, was, I I just left. I was just left confused. <laughs> so a lot of people. They didn't even know. Lily, do you want to know that when they shot the ending, they actually shot, I think it was like four different endings for the Uh movie and didn't know which one to use. They had no idea how to end Nightmare on Elm Street. So you weren't the only one that were confused. So were the filmmakers. Right. (laughs) They had to come up with an ending, an easy one. What they could have done was they could have left letter, like like letter outside as a normal person like they did, but then they should have, she would have... Uh, she would have um, went into the car again, and then she would drive off, and it would drive past this house, which she would zoom into the house, and then there'd be a girl sleeping, and then Freddie would be tormenting her, and then that could lead to the second movie, where the second movie would be about that girl. Well, if you thought that was confusing, wait till you see the sequel. 
Well, that's the thing. I, I, I am totally was thinking about skipping two and going straight to three. Um, <laughs> I don't but blame you. Three is so rocking. Three is my favorite, uh, and it's one of my favorite so films, like, period. Like, yeah, movies it's is one of my so favorites. Good. But, but there is a lot of relevance to the second movie, especially nowadays. Like, it's aged, it's, you know, while maybe the the, uh, the gate has not aged well, maybe it's aging in reverse. It's actually improving with yeah. age. So, um, <laughs> you know, especially now that people aren't lying at, through their teeth about it and they're being truthful on camera. I don't know if you saw the Scream Queen documentary on Shudder. It's fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I highly recommend that documentary. Uh, but, um, I don't know. Do you think I should show her second one, then the third, or just jump straight to the third? Um, I'm trying to remember how. I think I didn't get to see any in the theater because of my parental units. So (laughs) I think I watched the first one, and then I believe I was hopping around to whatever was available at you know, the local rental store. And to me, that was usually whatever had the coolest art first, and I think that made it three, which is what I watched next. But for I, me, it I, didn't matter. Once you saw the the, the setup, uh, they're really interchangeable. Like, the timeline is interchangeable in my mind. I mean, the, the third and the second one, I don't think they have any relevance towards each other. Um, the, the, right. the three onwards kind of does. Um, but you know, uh, four and five have some causal links going on. You know, they're, yeah. they're, they're, those films are connected. By the way, four and five are the only two I saw in the theaters. Uh, I didn't see I, I didn't see the first one, the first two movies, till I saw three. I saw three in, yeah. on VHS in '88, and then ended up going back to the other films. Uh, gotcha. But three, three hooked me. Like that was like. I've told this story before, and I don't know if I've told it about the Evil Genius. The first time I saw Nightmare on Elm Street Three Dream Warriors, it was at a slumber party when I was in the ninth grade at my friend's house in 88. And they had rented it, but everyone was too afraid to watch it. With the, And so I was, I was like, but I really wanted to watch it. I was actually starting to get into this movie, and they were getting all scared. And I'm like, I want to watch this movie. And they're like, so they agreed to keep it on. I had to turn the sound off during the dream sequences. So I didn't hear any of Freddie's lines, any of the dialogue in those sequences. Uh, you know, I, but I will tell you, I was absolutely enthralled. I got to hear all the in-between stuff. Um, and the visuals were so amazing that I was still totally into it. But I didn't hear the famous line when she, uh, he crashes her head through the TV. I didn't hear any of Kincaid's great dialogue. I didn't. I didn't. And I still fell in love with that movie. Head over heels and it changed my view of Slasher forever. Um, so I kind of been dismissive of Slasher movies up to that point until I saw that one. <laughs> I was like, whoa, okay. There's, there's actually writers in, the, in this subgenre. I'm going to go do some searching. But still, to this day, for a long time, and one of the reasons why I started The Madness was so I could do a deep dive a true, honest-to-God deep dive into Slasher. And I did that in year three. And uh, I think that was the year that Nathan came on board. So, and we've been collaborating ever since. Well, you know. So, hey, Slashers, bring us the world together, you know. So, if, so I think we'll show, I think I will show her three next. 
I think I'm going to shower three next. But yeah. um, yeah, but two two is good though. I don't think she'll get any of the subtext. I saw two when I was a little older than her. I'm not really caring about the content that way. Um, but I no. didn't get it. I totally didn't get it until I was older. <laughs> I'm queer AF and I didn't get it until I was older. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's supposed to stick <laughs> that you explains it so much about my childhood. <laughs> oh, my God. No, shelter. Uh, so, yeah, I don't think the evil dean is just nearly as sheltered as that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually think it's a beautiful world that, you know, she was born when, when you know, there was an African-American president and, a, and, and gay marriage was legalized. And I was like, she'll never have to think about those things as fringe or extreme because they're not. And it makes me happy to know that she's going to grow up in that world. So, you know, that things are possible despite all the shit that we've been dealing with in the last two years. (laughs) So it's been hell, but I think we are, I think we're going to get out of this. I think we've already, rock bottom is over not just the pandemic. I think for me, it might be rock bottom is over. Definitely done for Nathan. He's no longer at rock bottom. Uh, so uh, he, he climbed out. He's invincible. He's inedible. We love he's survived all sorts of fun bugs and not just his cockroaches. So, and, and the evil genius. And evil genius had to endure a year of fucking virtual learning and distance and, and trying to learn through a screen um, and not seeing friends, and now she's got play dates. She had a sleepover. Um, she's going to school two days a week. She'll go back to school full time in the fall, and we're going and we're going on road trips together because she's gonna come with Nathan and myself to the wrestling matches up in Atlantic City because she wanted to go to the beach, and so there happens to be a beach next to the boardwalk. So we're gonna do that. So that's gonna be a There'll be a preview show for that in June, right before we do it, and that would be Mr. Nathan. If you could pencil in the nineteenth of June, of the June. 19th. Yeah. Well, oh, well, let's say take it back. I'm wrong. I'm looking at May because I'm silly. No, I'm sorry. My bad. It'll be the either the sixteenth or the twenty third of June. Okay, because I was about to say, on the 19th of June, I'll be in Cornelia, Georgia, at Pro Wrestling Georgia's Bloody Roots event. That's right. Okay, well, do your plugs. It's 10 o'clock. Go ahead. So talk about your wrestling real fast, because you, you were actually at a, you called a match last week while we were at the Monster Yes. Mania. Absolutely. Last week, I was in National Tennessee at Total Psychopathic Wrestling, and I'm, I'm going to start working with them on a regular basis now. We've got shows coming up. On June, uh, June 12th, July 24th, and August 7th is a special show. It's taking place. It was originally going to happen at a drive-in. It would, you had to postpone that, but it will be happening at a haunt at something called the Foothills Fear Festival. <laughs> uh, I, I don't have a whole lot of details on this yet. All I know is it's a festival of all things scary at a haunt, and we're doing a deathmatch show there. So that just sounds badass. I was going to say, all, the, all those cool. words make you happy. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, all the, it's all the stuff I'm into all put together. So, you know, that's, that's, that's my awesome. place. And then, like I said, June 19th, we have uh, Bloody Roots Pro Wrestling Georgia at the historic Landmark Arena in Cornelia, Georgia. That one's got – the main event is Tank versus 
an insane lane and a no rope barbed wire match. Oh, that's right. Uh, they were talking about that on the last show. So that's coming up. That's pretty exciting. And Tank's going to also be yep. at the thing we're going to on the 26th of June. Yes, and then I'll be – but I'm going to that one as a civilian, which is cool because that's the first deathmatch show I'll have been to in a decade that I wasn't working. So I can actually sit back and enjoy the show. Nice. You earned it. You get one day <laughs> after a decade. Yes, <laughs> my, my two days off. Yeah. Oh, my God. I, I have this – I hope – I don't want to spoil it too much, Raven, because I have this total plan for his visit – but we're gonna go up to Atlantic City um, for the for the death matches and for the beach. Yeah. But then on Sunday we're gonna drive down to Cape May, New Jersey. But we're gonna take our time and take the scenic route down and stop in Ocean City and Wildwood and do the dark rides on the way down. And then nice. we're gonna take the ferry back to my house over the Delmarva. So fun. Yeah, awesome. it's just going to be and, and Cape May is awesome because it's um, unlike the other stuff which is super boardwalk touristy cool 70s yeah. 60 vibe kind of thing Cape May is like Victorians and gingerbread and all that kind of oh, stuff and yeah it's really pretty like very expensive but very pretty um, yeah. Victorians and colonials and stuff like that and then you go down to Sunset Beach where there used to be this ginormous um, ship a concrete ship with sunk there and when it sunk, it hit quartz vein. And that quartz vein's been tossing in the tide for, since the 40s. And what washes ashore are these round quartzites called Cape May diamonds. And they are amazing. They're mostly you know, milk quartz or clear quartz, right? But you do occasionally get an amethyst um, or a smoky quartz. And it's awesome. And I collect those. And you can go to the beach. And it's, a, it's not a pretty clean, pristine beach. It's a messy beach with lots of rocks and you just go to the the and you just start digging looking for stuff it's it's smelly yeah. and wonderful one of my favorite things to do <laughs> i don't know if we're gonna have time to do that on this trip but that would be the end game that's my goal yeah. is to get us to sunset beach um because our ferry leaves at six we have to be in queue by five thirty, so we'll we're going to be on the boat when the sun sets which is by design <laughs> by the way um, yeah. so, you know, but I do want to see if we can get some, if that, that would be the, if I could get that in, that would be cake. So, yeah, sounds <laughs> awesome. so I know. So Nathan is ready to come out and do this with me, right? Go see what the Jersey shore is about. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, cause if you like this kind of stuff, if you like swag, and haunted mansions and Bill Tracy and traditional boardwalks or anything. And I know for a fact, Nathan's a huge fan of Myrtle beach. Uh, you have to do, you have to make a Mecca to the Jersey shore because it's, it's one of the oldest and it's still pretty awesome. I actually really like it there. Nice. Like I said, this trip kind of brings together everything I'm into. It's all like, I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah. Awesome. Sounds like you've got a charmed life going on there out and down in the Southland there with all your death matches and stuff. Man, I, honestly, I, I'm about a month into my comeback. Cause, well, like you said, I, I was at rock bottom there for a while and couldn't do it, but I'm, I made my comeback into the deathmatch world, and all of a sudden I'm the voice of, like, five different companies. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, it's, it's, it is going it's very amazing. really cool. 
It's amazing, and I'm so happy for you. And and I was talking about this because on Dark Side of the Ring, they actually covered Nick Gage, who's a very famous deathmatch wrestler. Um, and um, I was like, a lot of people saw that episode. A lot of people saw that episode. It was like the highest rated episode they've had on the season so far. And nice. I was like, I think that deathmatch, you're getting in on deathmatch wrestling just when it's about to explode. Like, it's getting popular now, but it's just rumbling under the seams at the moment. I think in a year, or maybe not even a year, maybe six months, it might be crazy what's happening in that genre. And that'll be awesome. And congratulations. And just enjoy yourself because it's going to be fun for a little while. Absolutely. I used to do this for free. <laughs> so now that I'm oh, you. to work in the industry, <laughs> That's really it's cool. awesome. Yeah, no, it's That's awesome. great. And 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 uh, it's fun. So, Evil Genius, do you have anything you want to add before you, I sign you off tonight? Uh, that saying into the first thing you should always say into a microphone is hi, because hi, then the word hi exists. Okay, that's true. That's just science. Yeah, I I guess so. So, you were wonderful. Thank you for being on and being my partner on this adventure because it's always fun to have a good a good travel companion. And you've always been a good traveler, even as an infant. You're good. Like one day, like she's not even a year old yet, and uh, we're traveling from Williamsburg home, and she's sleeping. Right, and then she wakes up. So I assume she's gonna cry or something. She cried. She went ah, and stopped, picked up a book, and started reading. It's my and daughter. The same right way. Yeah, I just like ah. She was a very easy baby. Not so much as an eleven-year-old, but yes, who is? Name one. The evil genius for a reason. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do allow her on my YouTube channel called Black Stars where you do little animation sometimes, right? I mean, not anymore. I think I changed doing my own channel, which I don't really upload on anymore. Well, maybe you should upload some more on it because you were doing so good. But what is your um, channel, YouTube channel that people can subscribe to? Uh, sorry, uh, I don't feel comfortable with the self-promotion right now. Oh, well, that's good. And that's very, very, very social media safe. We appreciate that. Don't we, evil, sexy witches? I have been very good Evil, yeah. sexy witches. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> We're the evil genius and the second. Well, good night, evil genius, and I will see you tomorrow. Oh, how was the Blue Angels thing? Oh, I, I got to see some of it and to see all of it. It was really cool. Like yes, one flew directly above, like, like flew some flew like, directly above us. I like one flew really close, like uh, like around us. It was really cool. That sounds awesome. The Blue Angels flew over our city today. Um, it happens once a year. It didn't happen last year, and so I made sure that she got to go because she goes every year, uh, even if I can't. So uh, and it's cool, you know. You watch them practice, and then they do the show, and you watch them because they they just fly over the house when they're practicing. It's kind of neat. Um, so best waste of tax money in existence is the Blue Angels, man. Uh, so um, 
<laughs> anyway, uh, good night, Evil Genius, and um, go do some band practice, okay? Good night. Good night. Good night, Thank Evil you. Genius. Good, good night. night. Well, what do you think? Should we have her on the show some more? Absolutely. Well, I don't know. She might be booked. I know. She's going to be bigger than me, you know. <laughs> she's going to be way famous. And, you know. we'll she's already a natural. Her agent. Oh yeah, so, totally going to take over your show. Oh, she's already, she's like, and we didn't talk about this, but uh, Raven, she's like, if you're not going to host the madness, I will. She she's like upset that I quit the madness. So am I. And I said that too, by the way. I know. Uh, I actually have an idea. I maybe I'll do not a full madness this year because I just kind of need a break from the computer for a little while. I've been. Uh-huh. Uh, Nathan knows that my job has been busting my ass. Um, last yeah. since mm-hmm. I, since I was out in the land, uh, out in Knoxville. I've landed. I basically haven't sat down at my desk for three weeks. <laughs> I'm like really yeah. running on empty. Uh, sure. So, you know, getting a break is a good thing. But I had this idea. Maybe I will do a, a themed versus um, where we battle. We do like a battle, kind of a battle royale. Like, you know, we do, we've done versus votes before, but maybe we can design it as some kind of like fight. Like, choices versus choices and then we'll see who what the best movie of the in october what's the number one film of that subgenre is uh yeah um maybe a couple of uh live streams maybe live oh oh, i watch some stuff together even i was gonna say even if we don't have the show it doesn't stop us from having a group watch yeah exactly that's what i mean that's what i mean you know, a battle of that magnitude year, might need an announcer. Uh, yeah. Very true. Yeah, I, I, true. I, I'm still working on, like, like the concept, but, yes, this is all stuff I wanted to throw out at you anyways. Yeah. I have been thinking about this, but I just don't want to do all – I just don't feel like doing the point system this year. <laughs> I want to take a break from the Yeah, no, that makes year. sense. I, I'm uh, all for any lot. manner of, of bastardized or – Low key version, um, my, you know, madness like, well, like the meanness. You know, I do want to kind of keep the group relevant because I think the, the yeah, core sure. group of the madness is one of the most interesting sets of people I have ever met. No is doubt. In that group. No doubt. Um, and sometimes October is the only time that everyone is super active, but everyone is super October mm-hmm. in that in that group. So I want to yeah. keep that going. And so I was thinking I'll do some kind of limited thing, which is still interactive and, sure. you know, and that, and we can play with it. We can still even maybe incorporate outside events or something. We'll have to, yeah. uh, we'll work, we'll, we'll talk about this. We, we've been talking about doing some similar stuff recently, Raven, mm-hmm. uh, along yeah. those lines already. So, yeah. um, so whenever yeah, you we'll want, well, you can brainstorm. Okay. Um, and so, plant. I want to continue for a few minutes and talk about what we were watching. And I wanted to go back to Nathan for a minute, Raven, because he uh-huh. has watched, get this, the season two of Love, Death, and Robots. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, it's absolutely. Out. And so, the, okay, there is only one thing that really kind of disappointed me about this season. 
Season one was 18 episodes. Season two is yeah. eight. What? That's right. So I, I, <laughs> yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know that. And like the eighth one played, and it started like started suggesting other shows. I'm like, oh, wait a minute, that's it? Really? Do you think they had but, production problems because of COVID and weren't able to get a bigger season? Because usually the pilot pioneer. I think there's a very good chance of that, but I also yeah. think because when they dropped the trailer for the season, it said, you know, uh, coming June 2021, uh, season two, and then it said coming spring 2022, season three. So they've already given a date for season three, and it's not that yeah. far from now. And that yeah. you know, the animated show takes a lot longer to make than you know some of other course, forms right. of just so. I think they might have just taken what would have been a same size season and cut it up to make it easier to do during the whole pandemic shutdown. I see. I That's see. my theory. Yeah, that that makes sense. But it's very much like the first season in that um, it has a lot of different animation styles. It has a lot of different story styles. Um, there's only one episode that I really didn't dig that much, but I totally know that there's a lot of people out there that will absolutely dig it. It's just not my style of sci-fi. But mm-hmm. there's some some amazing storytelling. There's a couple of episodes that I I kind of wish were longer, but I kind of dig that they're little bite-sized you know, because they range from like six or seven minutes to a couple of them are in the fifteen to twenty range. So they're they're little bite sized nuggets of goodness. So it's a quick watch. You can watch it in you know in one night or an a, you know an afternoon or something like that. So I highly recommend everybody check out Love, Death, and Robots season two. Nice. That's that's awesome. Yeah. Well. Is there anything Raven you want to throw into the pot about what you've been watching recently? Um, yeah, so I started Enlightened on HBO, uh, directed, created, and written by, not always directed, but sometimes directed by Laura Dern, and um, it's, I thought that the premise seemed, I really didn't know what I was getting into, it was just like, I had a friend poking me, I was like, why aren't you watching this? I was like, fine, I will. And then I did, and I was like, what? So uh, Laura Dern is someone who basically has a nervous breakdown at her job because she's having an affair with a higher-up. Goes to, this all in like the first five minutes, (laughs) goes to rehab, uh, like a rehabilitation center, and comes out feeling very calm and maybe a little preachy about what she's learned and a little bit projecting um, her therapy onto other people. (laughs) Um, Like maybe took it a little too to heart at how much progress she's actually made. And um, to see a main character that is, of course, uh, written by an actual woman, played by a woman over 40 and like fucking beautifully so, um, the the gamut of emotions. I I always knew that Laura Dern was talented, but really, when you watch something like Jurassic Park, it's not a character study. <laughs> like that's not really the point to show this huge emotional range. Uh, but she's able to show that here, and anything that you've ever liked from her, like from Wild at Heart to um, you know some of her action stuff. 
it's all folded into this and you can just see what a well-rounded and talented person she is. So that's on HBO and I just totally recommend it. She's in one of my favorite unsung films of all times, ladies and gentlemen, the fat, well, please welcome the fabulous stains, which stars her and Diane Lane at 14 years old. Uh, it's an incredible movie. Ray Winston fronting the frigging clash. I mean, yeah. it, it's just the bomb. And no, uh, fucking fee waybill of the tubes is in that movie, Nathan. Uh, you know, the, it, it's one of the, one of the best punk movies of late, late seventies, early eighties. And nobody oh, yeah. thought cause it got shelved for 20 years. Um, it yeah. absolutely fantastic movie. Yeah, um, I used to have and, a bootleg of it on VHS, like yeah, in the '90s. But I, thank, I need to rewatch that. Thank God for horror hosts, but I want to also thank God for Rhonda Shearer's of Up All Night because she was the reason I saw that movie. Um, <laughs> so, hooray! We love her to death. So watch the watch the shit out of her there. Rhonda Shearer too. Yeah, no, Rhonda Shear was amazing. Gilbert Godfrey, too. I want to say, like, I loved Up All Night. I watched a lot. I actually watched more Up All Night than I did Joe Bob. I didn't watch much Joe Bob. Um, I uh, I was watching Rhonda on USA. I was watching uh, Monster Vision, and then that turned into Joe Bob. (laughs) Yeah, well, Monster Vision. I was like, hey, I couldn't tell her. Oh, what? Okay. Mm -hmm. So, yep. You remember that episode on Penn and Teller where showing how they did the effects from Night of the Lepus? Oh, I don't remember. <laughs> That's tell. still one of my favorite episodes of any <laughs> horror-hosted show ever. I oh think I vaguely remember that. Oh, my God. It was showing forced perspective or something. Um, mm, they I had the to... whole miniature city, and they let rabbits loose in it. That's what they do, and then they slow down to really slow mode, make them look big. I like also how they put foam on some of the rabbits and then shoot them in close-up. Yeah. I mean, uh, that movie is really movie. convincing. I, I have showed the evil genius Nia Leafus. She's already seen that one. Oh, good. Well, it's Killer Rabbit. She actually gets really sad when they kill all the rabbits at the end. She's like, it's going to be so smelly. I'm like, yep. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine frying that many rabbits all at once and you're in the fucking desert in Arizona? It's not going to be pleasant cleanup at all. You know, well, no, and you're gonna have birds swarming around that crap in about two birds, seconds. Birds, bugs, coyotes. It's yep. just gonna be the worst. It's it's not just, gonna be pretty. Yeah, well, it, you know, necessary evils, I guess. But anyway, um, let's see. So uh, I was gonna say I watched two movies recently with the Mister Son of Celluloid because one of them I was in shock. Raven, he hadn't seen, and I know you've seen this movie. He had never seen Stitches. What is it? Nope. <laughs> Stitches. The Irish evil clown movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> God. I watched that for the first time during the cool of phobia year. <laughs> yeah, you watched that with me during the madness. I know you did because I yeah. kicked it. Like, we're watching Stitches. Yeah. Like, I didn't even, like, Blake, what movie were we watching this year? Stitches. <laughs> you know, I was like, we're watching but, but yeah, Nathan, right. I told Nathan that it had my favorite kill of all time, my favorite glacial kill of all time in it. And he goes, well, that's pretty high. That's what told I mean, me. So he, he put it in. And 
I got to watch him watch that sequence, and he, it, nice. it's, it's, it's brilliant. I won't, it, it's the umbrella sequence. I love the eye gouge in the, that movie. But <laughs> what did you think of my favorite, most beautiful slasher kill of all time? It's just like it's it's shot so well, isn't it? It's so beautiful. That kill <laughs> is one of those like you go, oh, that was cool. Oh wait, it's still going. Oh God, that's so, it, it just like it keeps going. You think like okay. They've played this scene. No, they just did something else. No, no wait, there it goes. And, Surely this yeah, will end soon. Oh, it's so good. It's such a fun kill. And I forget the guy's name, the uh, guy who played Stitches. But oh, yeah. Man, that guy gives a good performance. Oh, he's fun. Like, mean, he is really good at yeah. Stitches. Yeah. He gets the job done. Being a, being a long-time haunt actor – I have known my fair share of people who specialize in doing evil clown acts. And that is honestly one of the best, like the physical characterization, the voice, the look, everything. Like that's one of the best evil clown characters I've ever seen. And he is a clown. He's not a person Right. Yeah. Uh, You make a really good point about physicality, especially for clowns in movies. When you're in person and you're an actual clown, there's going to be a lot more physicality. And a lot of times um, directors will focus so much on the facial expression and what the eyes are doing. And then it's like the actor's walking around with just dead arms, like they're going shopping, like for coffee creamer or something. Mm-hmm. It's like, don't forget the rest of your body is connected to the horror as well. It's connected to, uh, you know, the entire character and movement and the and pacing of your um, voice and of your body can do so much for a performance. It adds many more dimensions, and it's such. It's not um, an easy thing to do well, but it's an easy thing to add if you're forgetting that the rest of the box forgets yeah. or exists like, and you're like a horror director. Don't there forget. was one moment that I remember where I, I don't exactly remember what was going on, but one of the characters said something and he had his, was turned up aside and he did the slasher head turn mm-hmm. and then did the you know, shuffly clown turn with the rest of his body. <laughs> and it was like the way he melded those two types of characterizations was genius. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little gem of a film. We never got a sequel. Yeah. Uh, we'll never get a sequel. Um, and, you know, but it, it, I was really excited to show that to him. But we also watched a couple, I've watched recently a couple new films. Uh, like as I mentioned, Psycho Gorman. Um, Nathan and I also happened to catch recently Into the Darkness 2, and which is the documentary about the, the sequel documentary of the documentary about movies every decade in the 80s. And The Reckoning, Neil Marshall's new film, which is a um, witchfinder uh movie kind of horror but more of a more of a drama i would say yeah some horror elements to it i mean there's some imagery that was definitely horror related um so but um do you want to review the reckoning real quick nathan for us sure um i thought the the record the main thing i loved about the reckoning was sean pertwee like, his performance as the 
Witchfinder, I cannot remember the character's name, was excellent. Like, was Mar- he had definitely had echoes. Excuse me? I think it was Marcos, wasn't it? Something like that. But yeah. he, he definitely had echoes of Vincent Price in Witchfinder General. But whereas Vincent Price, when he played, because pretty much anyone who's ever played a Witchfinder since that movie has been playing Vincent Price playing yes. a Witchfinder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he like you know how you can you know Vincent Price in that movie is just so smarmy. You can tell he's like playing uh-huh. pious, but you can tell he like he doesn't mean a word of it. He, yeah. um, John Parker played him as like pretty straight, where he actually seems like he believes what he's doing is right. Oh, interesting. Like I've always, I've, I've always heard it said that the best villains don't think they're villains. Yes, I agree with that. And he really kind of leans into that, and he's got a sidekick that's that's one of one of the cooler ideas for a sidekick for a witchfinder I've seen in any kind of witchfinder movie. Um, it's it, of course Neil Marshall made it, so of course it looks great because um, all of his movies look great. Um, the one thing that I fault that movie for, and of course people are gonna laugh, I don't think it went far enough. And of course I'm one of those people who's like, yeah, more sex, more violence, more everything. But I think this one, because you can tell that it's it's an allegory. It's an allegory for um, systematic misogyny set against a pandemic. So it's definitely a movie of its time. But I don't. I think it would have had a lot more bite had they gone farther. And hmm. to, okay, for example, it's hard to have a lot of sympathy for the female character. This it's, spoiler alert. Um, they use the pair on her, which is the first time and I she's saw that. In two scenes later. And she's running two scenes later. Like, no. <laughs> like, hmm. make, and like, sword fighting, don't... too. Uh-huh. Yeah, oh, sword sure. fighting. Yeah, like no, no, no. But um, and she's in this really, they, may, they have her put on this really pretty dress and all that. But, like, if she looks like she's been tortured for a while, we're going to have a lot more sympathy for that character. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it, it wasn't so just I that. Think... I, I mean, I, I don't like watching home invasion movies. I don't like watching horror films where people are doing horrible things to people. The, uh, it, there's a few exceptions. I like Nazi exploitation movies for some reason. And, um, and, and like movies like the devils about the inquisition things like that. And no, I felt it pulled its punches um, when it came to the torture. And, and so I'm in agreement with Nathan on this. Cause normally I would like, no, I don't, you know, but it didn't feel like it went far enough. It didn't feel like she was actually suffering. Like, like it. It's not how people respond to torture. Does that make yeah. any sense? Even the strongest yeah. people respond to torture a certain way. Uh, you know, and and it didn't feel. Con- I wasn't ever convinced that she was ever in peril. And I think that's the yeah. weird part that's of that problem. movie. <laughs> yeah, I think that was actually what my issue was with the film. Mm-hmm. I never felt like there's a similar film that came out um, that Jennifer Kent did a couple months ago. I even might have had it as an honorable mention in the best films of 2020, and it was The Nightingale, which is a similar mm-hmm. idea. It's vengeance, you know, against your enemies kind of thing. Um, and Boy, did you feel that that woman had been suffered suffered a lot and went through the most horrible things, and 
earned her revenge in every way, shape, or form. I didn't mm-hmm. feel that towards this character. I didn't have this, like, yeah, kill this asshole. He deserves it. And, no, he absolutely deserved to die. Don't think he, in the horror movie world that bitch needed to go down. Um, you know, I'm going to have no sympathy for witch finders because they're evil, horrible people, whether they realize it or not. And they put a lot of innocent people down. And so fuck that guy. Um, but you know, so, but I just, I don't know why it didn't work for me that well, that way. Um, However, that movie, that movie did have one kill that me and her both just straight up cheered at. Nice. (laughs) There was one kill where we both just just popped huge, and like that almost saved. You you know which one I'm talking about. Oh yeah, no, I'm not going to spoil it here. It has nothing to do with the plot. It's a little side note in the whole story. Both of us jumped out of our skulls on that. We're like, whoa! (laughs) Awesome. It was awesome. That was that was one of the better death on camera deaths I've seen in a while when it comes to horror gore. That was good. And Definitely. I would say it was worth seeing for that. And that would actually, if we do a best kills list, I would put that in the top five so far of the best kills I've seen on camera this year. Um, so I would even say it's right now in the top three. It was that good. Um, there, I, I just wish okay. the film, the yeah, the film was good. It wasn't great. And I, I, yeah. and maybe I have a really high bar for this kind of movie, uh, you know, but because, like, The Crucible is one of my favorite plays of all time. I have a, a really, really good about this kind of stuff, you know, and for a lot of reasons. I mean, heck, we're a sexy witch. Of course I'm going to care about this shit. Uh, you yeah. so, uh, so, you know, I would – so I, I recommend it in the two-and-a-half stars, the same as Laser Blast recommendation. So. Yeah. <laughs> So you might I'd put maybe, it about in, the, about in the same area. Yeah, but maybe uh, I would say though, as a sexy witch, Raven, you may want to watch it anyways. Yeah, I probably will. Like yeah. usually, anything that has a keyword of witch in it is gonna be. <laughs> I'm gonna be watching it at some point. I'll watch almost anything that has witches in it, or mm-hmm. or people being accused of witches, or inquisitions. Yeah. Any, yep. I, I, I'm there. <laughs> Historical. Um, I'm, I'm you here know, for it. Matter of fact, the, uh, one of the movies that the Into the Darkness, which, by the way, I like the sequel a lot more than the original because I thought the original was good if you don't know shit about horror. This one was a little bit like if you know, if okay, you like these films, how about you try these? Like, that's the gateway drug, and this is, like, a little bit more heroin. Uh, you know, the I, first, I only the first know. Movie was, the first movie was 80s Horror 101. The second one is more of an intermediate class. Yeah, okay. you know. Get, uh, I still think sure. they they've grossly left out Deadly Spawn, and they keep doing that, and I'm not sure why. But they did mention three films I had not seen before, including a Japanese Tom Savini movie I had no idea about. But one of the oh. films they highlighted, and both Nathan and I agree, they needs to be a really nice, good transfer, and why have we never gotten one of it, is uh, Michael Mann's The Keep. I haven't seen that movie in That's ages. a good question, and... Um, it has like the perfect opportunity for a great new like arrow cover or something <laughs> because the original artwork that I recall um, was pretty epic. Uh, it's one of those movies that was very misunderstood and had m- multiple multiple cuts. 
So I don't know which version I actually saw. I just mean very oh. by it. And, and I don't know which one I saw either. Yeah. <laughs> but it was uh, amazing and cool to look at. <laughs> so, well, what and, happened know, with that one? What happened with that one is in the, in the original theatrical release, Tangerine mm-hmm. Dream did the soundtrack. I think that's the one and, I saw. And then when it got released to video, for some reason, whoever released it on video didn't have the rights to the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. So they had to rescore the movie, and in the process, it ended up having edits made, and it ended up getting all kind of mangled. And that's mm-hmm. where the rights got all screwed up, and I believe that's probably why we've never gotten a proper release of it. Yeah. I saw uh, it on I think. Showtime. I'm positive yeah, I saw I it on Showtime, but I don't know which version I saw. <laughs> but I really want them to release a really nice. I mean, Michael Mann movies deserve nice, pristine transfers, anyways, because they're always, even if you don't care about the content, they always look beautiful. Um, so, yeah, exactly. You know, so uh, and it is a yeah. visual treat. Like the keep is full of amazing imagery. Uh, right. So, no, it's uh, eye candy. It's amazing. Yeah, I'd so really like I, to replace my shitty bootlegs. Yeah, I, I, I would like so, but that was one of the films they covered. So they were covering, and they covered Blood Diner in '87, as they should. Okay. Uh, you know, they, 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 they did a little bit better this time. So uh, I think Shutter's honestly been knocking it out of the park this year. With you had the Chainsaw Awards, which were entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of their original movies or their acquisitions, like Psycho Gorman, have been great. Um, and fun, and and we need fun horror films. Creepshow is doing well, and of course, Joe Bob. I mean, come on, Joe Bob just did a double feature of Maniac Cop and Maniac Cop 2, and he showed Dead and Buried last week. Oh, my God. So, like, like generations of people who don't know about De- Dead and Buried now have seen Dead and Buried, and I am so excited about that because – he, he opened the show with saying that he didn't think people, anybody would have uh, Dead and Buried in their top ten favorite horror films of the 80s. Yeah. And I'm like, I do! I do! I do! <laughs> it's number five! Uh, you know, absolutely. Yeah. And he showed absolutely. it as a double feature with Mandy, which I would have never thought of. No, but oh, it worked. It totally worked as an A-B for some reason. Yep. Uh, I'm not sure mm-hmm. why it worked, but it did. And and both episodes were very entertaining and educational as usual. Um, and yeah. they mentioned Bob Wilkins in the end of the um, 19, class of 1984 episode, which made me so happy. Um, and um, you know, and uh, the Maniac Cop and Maniac Cop Two had um, A B with Bruce Campbell and talking about the first movie, and then Bill Lusting talking about the second movie. And so that was entertaining. I watched. I watched it while I was. I was. I was cleaning up blood damage. Actually, that's another story. My water heater exploded over the weekend. Um, that's oh. another. I'll tell you about that later. But I, I put it on while I was cleaning up the house on Monday. I had to take the day off and clean the house, you know, because there was blood damage and you know, fixing things. Um, so I was adulting and I hated it. But I didn't adult fully because I had maniac cop on. <laughs> and uh, and I, that was actually the second time in six months that I've seen Maniac Cop 2. I always have issues out with that one because Bruce Campbell is dead way too soon in it, but it turns out that was totally by yeah. design. 
Um, <laughs> like he wanted out of the movie unless they paid him money. And he was fully yeah. honest about that during the interview uh, we were um, on Joe Bob. So I would say Joe Bob has been knocking it out of the park with this season. I've loved his choices, almost every single one of his choices this year. Uh, Mother's Day was one of his choices this year. Um, let's see. Was Tammy and the T-Rex this year too? I think it was. Yes. That was the best. Yep. Yeah. Which, That's which just I, funny because I just watched that for the first time this year. And so when I saw it, that he was doing it, I was like, why did I do that without him? <laughs> I'm not ready to rewatch it yet, but I'm also like, I need to, like, because sometimes the episodes get taken off depending on, like, rights and shit. So I don't want to miss anything, but I'm woefully behind. I'm still in season two, so I have a lot of catching up to do. Oh, he did uh, City uh, uh, City of the Living Dead um, this year. Uh, no, he yeah. did House by the... Did he do City of the Living Dead or House by the Cemetery? He did House by the Cemetery. No, he did City of the Living Dead, I think, season one. He did House by the Cemetery this time, yeah. Yeah, he did House of Cemetery this time. That's right. And that and that was cool. And he did audition also. Um so mm-hmm. he's they been, did Friedberry. Uh he did Friedberry, which is a new one of the new sh- movies, and that one is actually mm-hmm. once again doing well. Um Shutter Originals are just I I'm actually like they, they actually seem to get it. Um I love I've Shutter been really Originals. impressed by Shutter Originals. Both yeah, T V and, and film. Oh yeah, and they uh, and on a side note, even though this is not really Shutter, but Shutter gets to show it. Uh, they just announced the Discovery of Witches has been moved up to June 26th, the release date in America. Woo! Oh, <laughs> the final season. I, I I walked into that panel at Camp San Diego Comic Con basically blind, only knowing yeah. that there was a book series and Alex Alexa Kingston was in it. That's it. Yeah. That's all I knew. Um, and I walked in and was like, oh, this is going to be awesome. And it's been <laughs> kick-ass. So I've, I've so been into Sweet. it. Um, and so good that Shutter picked it up. Shutter kind of gets it. They know what I like. They, yeah. they seem to speak <laughs> to me. Um, they, yeah. you know, I, I, I don't know why. Maybe I, people are like, feel like it's one in, one in Shutter is worth getting Shutter. And I'm like, Shutter is worth getting Shutter for. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's what I say. So, Hello. Yeah, it's, it has competition now. Yeah. Go ahead. Me? I'm just making jokes. Oh, <laughs> Don't mind me. <laughs> make jokes. It's awesome. Um, so let's wrap up tonight because, um, you know, it's getting late. And I was going to say, let's wrap up with a quick rundown of, since I did a horror movie convention Usually they're in basements or in hotel basements or in on a floor in a hotel, you know, or in like some room with no windows, right? That's usually how those uh-huh. rooms work. This one was outdoors in broad daylight, and it got me thinking. I was like, well, some of my favorite movies take place in broad daylight or have sequences yeah. in broad daylight. Like Midsummer, for example, is almost all in broad daylight. The whole film from beginning to end, and it's always been one of my favorite subgenres of horror because, it, or 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 I don't know if you even know if you call it a subgenre, but you know, grouping of films together. Um, and I was thinking, like this, what makes a film slasher film great, and what makes a slasher film great is being able to see the effects and then be convincing up close. And in well-lit rooms, right? Because you can cheat in the dark. And that's why, Mm -hmm. you know, the dark will hide your bad all the time. And that goes for CG, Mm -hmm. too. If you notice, most CG effects are shot in moonlight. 
Um, you know, there's a reason for that. It hides the flaws. Um, but that's why I ultimately going to fall on my sword with this one. I'm going to lead off with, I think, my favorite movie shot, horror film shot in daylight in America. There's an exception to that. I mentioned it earlier today. Um, would be why I find it superior to Friday the 13th. And the answer is 1981's The Burning. Um, it, it's a video nasty, of course. Uh, but Tom Savini uh, did the effects for both Friday the 13th and The Burning, approximately, what, not even six months apart, Nathan? Would that be right? Yeah, yeah, something like that. They were real yeah, close to each other. They were back-to-back. I think he did Friday the 13th first, and then, but Bur- and then Burning came out second. Or for, I don't know. I'd have to look it up. But for some reason, Friday the 13th didn't make the video nasty list, but The Burning did. And the reason why the burning did is because it has the most violent kill in that movie is shot in broad daylight. And it is absolutely fantastic. Yeah, the raft scene is amazing. Um, And so what else do you think about when you think about uh, horror films in daylight? What comes to your mind, Raven, when you think when I say something along those lines? Because there's got to be a few. Yeah, well, obviously, like the first, the first one when when I heard it, you say it like that was Midsummer, which led to Wicker Man brain pattern uh-huh. in my head. Um, and then I was thinking of islands. <laughs> I was like, hey, there's sharks in them. Their waters draws us mostly during the day. Like, there's no horror happening at night. And when the really. spirit kills is during the day. I mean, yeah, I mean, they're just singing and drinking. They get some bumps on the boat during Show Me the Way to Go Home and all that jazz, but all the all the complete terror is happening during the day, and that's what makes it scarier because it's not only during the day, it's with hundreds and hundreds of witnesses, and you're still not safe. <laughs> that's really scary to me. I, I agree with you. I, I like, I mean, it, it's, I understand why uh, things are shot in the dark, but um, I, I give, a, it's a lot ballsier to do it right in front of daylight with a lot of people around. Um, yeah. And um, I was trying to think of other films along those lines. And you know, a lot of good old fashioned monster movies take place during the day. I mean, yeah, you know, that, but then, you know, but one of my favorites, and a sentimental favorite, but also because Victor Wong was a friend of the family, is uh, Tremors. Uh, Tremors is almost yeah. the whole movie is in daylight. Um, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. There's a couple of night scenes, but the majority of it's during the day. Uh, one day, in fact. So uh, it, it, it's one of my favorite creature features of all time. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I, I still think it holds up. I don't think the sequels are as nearly as good. Uh, I'm glad there's a lot of them because for some reason it makes me happy knowing there's lots of Tremor movies, even though I don't watch them. Um, but, you know, I was also like doing random monster movies and I was like, A Quiet Place is shot a lot of it in the day. The first kill is yeah, definitely in the day. day. Uh, you know, there's, there, you know, there's set pieces um, in Spain. One of my favorite films, uh, which is an unsung evil kid movie, um, is, and it's really funny. I, I would think that more people know this film, and they really don't. Uh, 1976's Who Can Kill a Child. Uh, it's a Spanish movie. Oh. It's about uh, yeah, I know it, Island. but I actually haven't seen it. Yeah, it's really good. It's it's kind of terrifying, 
Uh, <laughs> and it's almost all like the, there are some night pieces, but most of it takes place in the day. And it's mm-hmm. it's disturbing as fuck. I mean, I know Nathan, you've seen it, right? Oh yeah, that's a good. Yeah, play. it's a hell of a good movie. Highly recommend that one, Raven. I mean, it is it is really good. Um, it's English language, so or at least English language dubbed, I should say. Um, but the dub is completely fine, or you can get it in subtitles if I remember right. Um, but either way, oh. it doesn't matter. It's a good movie. Um, I highly recommend it. <laughs> so. Um, that oh, that movie is almost all in daylight. I mean, almost all of it is, and it's wonderful. Um, I'm trying to think of it. I had a list I wrote down. Yeah. Oh, uh, the the birds is mostly in the day. The birds. Oh, Actually, that I one think it's all in the day. Um, yeah. There's there is some night scenes, but the, yeah, there um that the 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 sparrow attack is at night, but that's an indoor shot. That's so that's indoors. Yeah. 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 Right. Um. Uh, there's not very many zombie films that are during the day, um, but uh, you do get dead. a few. <laughs> day of the Dead's about it. Um, but there are and a most lot of that of happens de- underground. But there are a lot of dystopian yeah. future mutant movies uh, that take place during the day. Like mm-hmm. Hill Has Eyes. That's definitely a daylight yeah. movie. Uh, you know, so it, so there seems mm. to be like monsters oh, yeah. and mutants. They seem to be twenty-eight days later. The, yeah, desert. Is- only the tunnel, I think, is zombies in the dark, if you're going to call them zombies. Um, That's not and... a zombie movie. That's a movie. It is during the daytime, is my point. <laughs> when people are being murdered. <laughs> no, we're not, we're not arguing. We're talking about, like, unusual, like, like themes during films. So, <laughs> no, I anyway... Think... I think there are a lot of movies that aren't necessarily movies that take place during daylight, but that wield daylight as a weapon in certain scenes. Like, uh, the earliest example I can think of is Frankenstein. The, when that first came out, the scene where he throws the little girl into the, into the lake, like, really uh-huh. disturbed people. And I think a lot of that is the fact that the rest of that movie is so dark, but that one is just starkly lit. In yeah, broad daylight. really white. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then you got, like, another example I thought of was Last House on the Left. Because, like, that, yeah. the whole the whole scene it's where they're torturing the, the girls happening in daylight really yeah. gives it kind of a, kind of a, a really grimy, like, realistic feel to it. Yeah. And, like, that... if you think about it, the entirety of Cannibal Holocaust and pretty much the rest of the Italian cannibal movies have, has to happen during the day because you can't really shoot in the jungle yeah. at night very well. Right. <laughs> so all that happens in daylight. So yeah, I think a lot of those point. movies make, like, really horrible things and just shoot them in daylight to make them a little more disturbing. I mean, Fulci Zombie, most of that's during the day. Um, you know, yep. uh, yeah. the, the, the the Zombie versus Shark is during the day. The big finale is during the day. Um, the, the eye gouge is a daytime kill, even, uh, you know, even you though it's partially you, indoors. You were talking earlier about Nightmare on Elm Street. Okay? The, at mm-hmm. the end of that movie, when you, they, you know, mm-hmm. it's daylight. Everything's okay. She's killed Freddy. And then, bam, they get that stinger at the end. It basically, like, messed with you and made you think, okay, it's daytime, happy ending, yeah, and then true. got you with it. And I don't think that you would have been as effective without it being in daytime. 
That's so true. And actually what scared me the most seeing it as a teen, tween, I guess, uh, was actually the nightmare where in the body bag, uh, the body bag nightmare where she's in class. And it's, mm-hmm. it's just, I mean, everything looks like it's got that soft gauze over it, so it is very ethereal. Um, but if you've ever had, like, sleep paralysis where you figure out you're dreaming and you're trying to wake up and um, and you do wake up, but you still, the rest of your body is like... And I swear that's the closest um, closest I've had that happening to from a movie. Um, and it disturbed me for a really long time. And I think part of that was it was like a trick of a nightmare um, where I've had those nightmares where you can't tell it's a dream until you're struggling to wake up and or already awake. And um, right. if that had been... If they had tried to use darkness for that, I don't think it would have been as jarring for me. I don't think it would have disturbed me as much. I'll tell you another one that comes to mind is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. A lot of that movie takes Mm -hmm. place in the house where it's good and dark, but when you first see Leatherface, when he throws back that door and clubs dude in the head with the hammer, your first one is really brightly lit. It's really bright, and the house is white, too. Mm-hmm. So the sequence in it, that it, kitchen yeah. is in broad is in natural lighting, um, and yeah. you only can do that in the daytime. Uh, you know, so uh, you know, I, I yeah, no, that's and, and what the big finale. I mean, the sun rises yeah. and they're running up the highway, mm-hmm. and he's swinging his uh, uh, very pissed off chainsaw around because he can't get the girl now. <laughs> uh, that's can. all of the day. So I mean, there's. You know, I mean, you can't really do Nightmare on Elm Street in the day because it's about sleep. But, you know, you, you can give it a pass, though, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, Ooh, um, I yeah. just looked over at my shelf and saw Battle Royale sitting there. That's where oh. a lot of the violence takes place in daylight. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it, once again, day and night is used as a tool in that movie, though. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. so, exactly. You know, it, 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 that movie's awesome. Uh, <laughs> I was thinking about it. Yeah. It just had its anniversary, and they were finally releasing it in, you know, a good copy in the United States. And it's like, why? Because I had to, my copy, I had to get it from Japan to get it for years. That's the only way you could get it was a Region Zero from Japan. Uh, yeah. So now it's not so much. It's not easier to get nowadays. I'm so glad I'm no I longer stuck a, in the I, I bought a bootleg VHS. I bought a bootleg VHS of Battle Royale in 1997 at Dragon Con in Atlanta <laughs> from a man who I later found out about a decade later was Stephen Byron. Yeah, <laughs> the director <laughs> of the American Pig series and friend of the madness. <laughs> yep. So I've I've drunk a few bourbons with that gentleman. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> Watch football with him too. That was an experience. I, I told you, Nathan, that he told me he was a football player, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was funny because he does see that. <laughs> he, he he doesn't like tell people that normally. You know, it, it doesn't come up. But we watched. But I, I was like, I had the game on because it was. You know, I forget why, but it was the reason. I think it was because Atlanta Atlanta was playing, and I was like, I had the game on, and. Uh, uh, you know, he's like, yeah, I used to play football. And I was like, really? He doesn't. Talk, he doesn't. He, he's not a football player. If you don't understand what I'm saying, he played football. Uh, so, but that's kind of cool. 
uh, Mr. Vero sold you Battle Royale. You've told me that one before, too. Uh, so, there, so I actually love that. You know, like, The Blob isn't all nighttime. It's a nighttime movie. Mm-hmm. And I love The Blob, and I will always fall for it. But there's just something so disturbing about things happening during the day uh, that are that are beyond your control that I've always been really gravitated to that. I mean, even night of the living dead, even though, yes, it's not a living dead. It doesn't start at night. The most disturbing kill in the movie is the first one and it's in the day. Um, and it's poor Johnny, you know, <laughs> you know, and, and it starts the whole movie. So, and then daylight it also ends get, during the day. Yeah, and you think everything's going to be okay, and it's not going to be okay, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. So th- that's, that's wonderful. So I, I, I would say that there's, it, you know, look-up films that take place in the day in the horror films. Don't just fall on the good old-fashioned slasher movies. And I have no issues with slasher movies, per se. Like I said, The Burning's a slasher movie. But I do think that they, they get away with a lot of stuff that some movies don't because they shoot everything in darkness. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it's also a tool. Light, it, lighting is always a tool, and if you have good lighting and good sound, you can get away with bad acting in a script almost every time. So, true. Yeah. It's so true. Well, it's just a general rule: you can get away with more stuff in the dark than you can in the light. Yeah, but you know, but sound especially fix your sound. They never fix their sound. That's my biggest pet peeve of indie films: fix your sound. So there's no good to have a beautifully shot film if there's nothing but wind in your microphones. Uh, So yeah, different levels between every actor. I ran into that a lot too. Um, uh... (laughs) I will say, it wasn't an issue during the Grimes Playtation Film Festival. All those movies had very nice sound, and that was very pleasing to me. Um, Even the shorts were very good this year. That was a lot of fun. The shorts were amazing this year. Um, I, you know, the, the medical dumpster dive, go find that movie. It's like, it's like, uh, it's the Muppet and Meet the Feebles decided to do heroin together and then ate a bunch of medical garbage. It's, <laughs> it's really cool. So, um, lots of syringes, lots and lots of syringes. Uh, so, and as Nathan knows, I actually get a kick out of when people do syringe jokes because I love watching people squirm. Uh, so, you know, like they, at the death match, um, Raven, they, um, there was a barefoot match, which was, mm-hmm. oh, my God, in the first place, right? But then, like, the, they, they didn't concentrate on their feet for a few, and they actually had these syringes, and they started doing um, putting them through the soft palates of their mouths, which, as you know, sure. as, as a sideshow, it's totally – easy to do, doesn't hurt, it, it, if anybody can do it, yeah. right? But That's do you want to, it, it is, but do you want to see like 30, 40, 50 people lose their shit at once and go skedaddling opposite directions? That was what was Kinda. happening. It was hysterical. <laughs> like all these people went, ah, they all ran. I'm getting the beer. <laughs> at one point, uh, the guy, the guy's named Raven, and he takes his tongue uh-huh. and he twirled it. And all these ah! <laughs> people lost their shit. It was so oh, funny. Got a, a, and if you want to see that, folks, 
Um, to- TPW, Total Psychopathic Wrestling, does have an app, and that the death match uh, that Nathan and I went to is there. So you can watch it in its almost entirety. Um, so uh, I would recommend that. Anyways, so that we're out of time. Thank you guys for filling in our uh, – thank you, Nathan, for substituting and being an official Sexy Witch panel. So appreciate it. Absolutely. Yeah, Anytime. Also, and Raven. Have a great time. Where, we'll do it again. Oh, uh, actually, yeah, I almost missed. Nathan, plug your shit. All right. You can find me on Facebook. <laughs> and you can find out where all I'm doing there. I've got so many wrestling shows coming up. It's insane. I've also got two podcasts. I've got uh, Sell Your Soul, which has a new episode coming out next week. That's where me and Brad talk about soul music. And, of course, Caught Dead Watching, where we will be recording a new episode later on next week as well. And, Woo-hoo! yeah, just I've got stuff going on all over the place. I can't even remember. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to be busy again after a year of all doing right? nothing. I know. It's amazing. So, Raven, thank you, as always, for being on the show. And plug your stuff. Yeah, so I'm just starting. I can finally talk about one of my projects. I'm starting um, with this uh, BIPOC and queer collective. We are doing a show called uh, Lost in a Place Called America, which is queer stories told by trans and queer artists that um, retells West Side Story and is reverting it to Shakespearean days. Uh, so my character is sort of based on Puck, and, uh, but put in a West Side Story situation. It's cool as fuck. The Patreon is coming on Friday. So uh, if you look up the Lost Collective on... Instagram, you can find our Instagram page and see more about the show. It'll be in September, and we're workshopping this summer. And you can find me. I'll say more about it on Twitter, at Raven, R-A-V-Y-N, Looney, L-O-O-N-Y. And I hope to see you there. Excellent. I'm so glad that everyone's getting to do stuff. And not just virtually. You're doing it in person and live for people to see. Hooray, hooray. Um, I will be taking some time and burying my ass in my day job for the next couple weeks. So I won't be available very much, but I will be. You can find me on Facebook under Elizabeth Castle Grace, my personal profile, which is always a great place to learn the latest um, news about unusual things happening in this world and current events because I like to post about that kind of stuff. But if you want to go and do more specialized stuff, we have the horror group, Halloween Horror Movie Marathon Madness, or our overall general film group, the SB Film Geek Circle. You can also find me in our very small but illegal on the Rogues of Tashi Station, which is our Star Wars science and science fiction group. And, of course, the archivist that's on Sexy Witches. Facebook page and occasionally Repo Nerds, which is my side podcast with Steve, the Wizard of Wandling, which we haven't brought back yet because I just don't have the time to bring back three podcasts uh, right now. One um, thing at a time. <laughs> yeah, so uh, you know, so I'm working on it, but I am trying to be disciplined and get at least two episodes of Sexy Witches in a month. I've uh, been doing cool. the wrestling matches 
wrestling one specifically on Sundays just to give them a little bit of difference from our normal sexy witch panels. Um, and the next one should be sometime in early June, probably after my audit. Um, I definitely will have a, a podcast, we'll say a, a preview show of the of our trip to Atlantic City and the death matches we're going to see up there, either on the 16th or the 23rd, one of those days. Um, if, if it's on the 23rd, we'll have a uh, Sexy Witch podcast on the 9th. No, I'm not going to have one on the 9th. That's during my audit. I take it back. All right. So it'll be the 16th or the 23rd. Um, I don't know right. which one. Uh, that'll be a main Sexy Witches episode, but we will also preview the wrestling. And then um, on a following a week or two, a following Sunday, we'll do a recap of, of the Atlantic City trip as a wrestling match trip episode. Uh, so other than that, we're going to be good. I'm going to leave you tonight with two songs. One is, one again, again, Richard E. Wright and Kiss the Girl from Little Mermaid. And then, well, you're just going to have to wait and see. Good night, everyone. Film, good film hunting. And blessed be. We all love you out there. And I'm so glad. Get vaccinated. I know you are. Let's go meet up at some core convention. Thank you. Good night. Precautions. Stream. Win. There you see her Sitting there across the way She don't got a lot to say But there's something about her And you don't know why But you're dying to try You wanna kiss the girl Yes, you want her Look at her, you know you do Possible she wants you to There is one way to ask her It don't take a word Not a single word Go on and kiss the girl Sing with me now Sha-la-la-la-la-la By your mind Look like a boy too shy Ain't gonna kiss the girl Sha-la-la-la-la-la Is that sad It is a shame Too bad Ain't gonna miss
Stop this sneaking around the corner. <laughs> here we come, here we come. I think it's a maniac. Hold up. It means that the maniac cops around Once upon a time he was a super cop But the bad guy framed him to make him stop They put him in prison where they tried to kill him But he broke out now he's the villain Bullets won't hurt him I know it sounds like Jai But when I should be dead or alive Set him on fire I shoot him with an Uzi But he'll show up in your jacuzzi You can run him over You can feed him poison Push him out a window and it only annoys him You better believe me if they think I'm lying When he show up yeah. People start dying He's out for vengeance and he can't be stopped That's why they call him The, the Maniac Cop You have the right to remain Oh, 